0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning.
1: You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center.
2: Saturday night, liftoff. Let's go. It is 6.04 Mountain Time, which means it is time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by today, filling in for Luke Patterson, good friend and my co-host at Building the Broncos on Tuesdays, Carl Dunmar Carl, how you doing today? You've been enjoying a lot of uh, college football?
1: You know, I haven't had a chance to watch a whole lot. I've been okay. uh, putting down tile in a bathroom. Yeah. My wife gave me this long list while she is gone. And of so course. I've been trying to slowly check those off. So my dad I and it. I got a big project off of that list. That's probably our biggest project. And yeah. uh, back's feeling a little sore. Yeah. I'm figuring out how quickly I'm becoming an old man. and uh, But, hey, we got it done. And then I did get to catch a little bit of the Pittsburgh game. So yeah. I wanted to... Pickett, Yep. One to watch a little bit of picket. I've had a few Bronco fans that are big Pittsburgh college fans mm-hmm. okay. and uh, trying to tell me, dude, you really got to keep an eye on this guy. And not that I haven't watched him, yeah. but I've gone back through, watched him again. I do like a lot what he brings to the table
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he showed a lot of fight today, fought through yeah. an injury. I don't know if you watched that game at all.
2: Uh, I was busy watching the Iowa game and going back and forth to the uh, Alabama game and the Wisconsin uh, Nebraska game as well. So, okay. Okay. Not as much I mean, it, today.
1: Okay. Makes sense. No, he, he didn't have his best game Threw a couple mm-hmm. picks. Uh, like I said, got hurt at one point. Yeah. So, but he bounced back, made some big throws down the stretch. It was a close game. It was yeah. like 41 38 at the pretty near the end of the game. And so, uh, nice. Yeah,
2: Armstrong's little... pretty fun too. Uh, over on Virginia, yeah. I think he has a little bit of a looping release, but he's been putting up video game numbers this year, as a sure. lefty, but uh, he's, he's, I mean, what, 56 attempts today? It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it was a, a crazy game watching those two quarterbacks go back and forth. Those are fun ones when yeah. you get to see that kind of level of quarterback play. Something us level. Bronco fans don't get to know very often, at least I not mean, for the last few years. I, I guess we've had John away. We've had Peyton May. We've been a little spoiled. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. We're We're just so used to greatness. It really bothers us to see anything else.
2: And if you put like Teddy Bridgewater versus Drew Lock on the college field, they would look pretty good because they are NFL players, right? Like that's, that's there's a big difference. Like a lot of college teams do not have that.
0: Listen up Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner.
2: Find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site. TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. That's TickPick.com slash huddle Use promo and uh,
2: let's say hello to everybody in the chat coming in right now. Scott is not here behind the scenes, so I'm going to do my best to help with the conversation and pick the comments in the chat and everything like that. But uh, I'm going to count on you guys in the chat as well to help us out. Uh, Cobra commander coming in saying Sutton's futures in jeopardy as long as Teddy is the quarterback. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know what, if you are, let's, let's spin this real quick. If Teddy's the quarterback and let's say he comes next year and you don't pay him that much, you know, let's say he's just mediocre down the stretch and he's making you know, 10 million uh, a year on a two year contract where you can just get out of it, you know, the second year, essentially Uh, maybe that speaks more towards keeping Sutton because if you're going out there and paying somebody a huge contract that, that puts uh, Sutton's future in jeopardy. I know this is tongue in cheek and a shot at Teddy, but uh, I think there is something to be said about being able to retain Sutton. If you're not paying the quarterback position too much.
1: Yeah, it's Broncos. gonna have to figure out a few things of how they want to spend their money. You you want to keep it balanced across the, the entire roster. You don't want to get one position too high, you know, the last few years, unfortunately, the Broncos have been really high on the defense when when you're looking at contracts. And I mean, I think they've been top three top five on spending on the defense compared to then offense. They've hardly spent anything. And so, yeah, you got to find some balance. And I I think they really do want Sutton back. I think a lot of people after Tim Patrick was signed, were like, Oh, throw up your hands. We're Sutton's gone. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think that's the case. I really think they, at worst, I think they give him the franchise tag, and yeah. uh, because he's attractive to a lot of quarterbacks. And if you go, I mean, we're going to talk about this throughout the show, but if you go get a rookie quarterback, you like to have weapons around them that make their job a lot easier. Uh, the, the, even if you bring in a, a veteran, you like to make their job easier. Cortland Sutton makes a lot of people's jobs easier, and he'll be another year removed from the ACL. And and so there's just a lot of things to like there. So uh, just like I said, I'm very interested to see how George Payton handles this whole free agency and, you know, this much money to spend. How's he going to do it? Is he going to do in-house guys? Is he going to go look in the free agent market trades? What's he going to do here?
2: Yeah, no, that's a great point. And you talked about Sutton with the franchise tag. I think they'll try to come up with a negotiation for Sutton. They're not going to be as... I guess, aggressive with their offer, I would assume now with uh, because you're already paying Tim Patrick this much. So you might not be willing to cave in uh, so much for Sutton. But you do have that franchise tag in your back pocket. And we've seen it multiple times with the Broncos that uh, that franchise tag, they will use that to extend the negotiating window. And then they can pay that guy later. I know that was in the LA era. But that's always something we see that across the NFL. Uh, Something else that is interesting for me with Sutton is the the different type of tenders you can use on the franchise tag. Now, if they don't come to a deal, there's the exclusive franchise tag, but there's also the non-exclusive franchise tag, which I believe is still an option, uh, given the last CBA that happened. And you might be able to get a couple, uh, a first round pick or something like that for Sutton if somebody signs that tender, the non-exclusive one, and comes back to you and you don't want to match it. So you have some uh, options on that and uh, that's a good way to go. And we got uh, rod TV coming in here saying a uh, $5 super. Thank you very much. Rod saying, how about CJ Stroud with the right head coach, offensive coordinator with our running wide receivers and running backs. We might have now. Why not? I love watching him play versus Michigan state. Did you get a chance to watch that game this
1: morning at all? Carl? Uh, I, I watched some of the highlights. Okay. I, I did miss that one, but I mean, I saw the, the statistics and I, I know statistics don't tell the tale, but yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, he, he just put up almost perfect stats.
2: 98.8 QBR. Yeah,
1: it, it was, it was ridiculous that, that game right there, especially against a top 10 team in football to, to go out there and do that. Michigan state has a pretty good defense. Uh, and so the only problem there is he cannot come out for this draft. Yep. So 2023, uh, and this is going to be part of our conversation here today. Can people be patient enough? to wait for a prospect like CJ Stroud that looks like he is a potential franchise quarterback like if he was coming out this year he would be the number 1 overall pick there's no doubt in my mind yeah there's a good chance next year going to be the number 1 overall pick i mean th- this is the the 2023 class is kind of reminding me of this last class where you got some young guys that it just looks like man they are the the, the real deal and I, I just don't see him falling off anytime soon And uh, so, yeah, it's, it'd be nice to get him as a Denver Bronco, but you're going to have to make some choices and show some patience to make that one happen.
2: Yeah, no, totally. And maybe even some luck. I mean, who knows uh, both? We're going to talk a little bit of 2022 quarterbacks today, but like it's really hard to talk 2022 quarterbacks when far and away the best two quarterbacks that took the field today were Bryce Young and Alabama throwing for like 600 yards. And really, they needed every one of them because Arkansas was carving up that Alabama defense. And uh, then, of course, CJ Stroud, who is incredible. Now, it's hard to separate the quarterback talent from the, uh, the team around them in the scheme. But uh, I mean. You know, that was an excuse last year for Mac Jones that I, you know, concerned me as well. Right. Guys wide open, no tight window throws, but you know, you're seeing the arm talent and you're seeing the flashes. So you got to look into it. Uh, we got Mr. Stew meat saying, how's it good to see you? We got Dave saying, I need some hope counting on you fellows. There's always hope Dave. Uh, yep. There's always hope. Maybe not. It's a, maybe it's a fool's hope. Quoting Gant off there, but uh, we got some hope. Uh, Greg Smith saying good evening Broncos country. Good to see you. Uh, James asking who won the Husker game, uh, Wisconsin won on the last minute Huskers have lost like, 21 possession games in Scott Frost's tenure, so it's uh, it's pretty incredible to see them do that. DBA's coming in, what's good? You always see a lot of people, EJ's in the house, uh, Enkai's in the house, Mike S is in the house, Jay Kozad's in the house, and uh, I think we have a superstars coming in here. From I'm trying to do that on my phone at the same time, Carl, so forgive me, okay. I'm here, but I'm trying to follow the superstars as well. Um, with TP extended and stars from Shane Daniels, thank you very much, Shane. With TB extended, I hope we can keep Sutton on a team friendly deal as as well i have a feeling if we do keep Cortland Sutton, we are going to go after a quarterback in the draft and teddy is gone Uh, what do you think here thank you so much for the stars jane getting a chance to hopefully win that jersey
1: well honestly i think it could be more teddy stays in that situation because you'd like to have a veteran quarterback whether they're a backup or the starter and i I think teddy has reached that point where he is he's okay if he's the backup like he's not going to sit there and throw a fit of, Oh my gosh, how are you starting this rookie over me kind of thing? He's probably yeah. actually going to go out there and help the rookie if he can. Uh, yeah. And, and so I, I see that more. I see actually them trading lock mm-hmm. than than getting rid of, of Teddy. I, I know lock is cheap, but I just think that there would maybe be some controversy there that they would just rather ignore and, and just not, not make a problem here for Broncos country. I, I know that shouldn't be a part of the decision-making, but it, it, it plays into it um and, mm-hmm. and like i said teddy's a a good veteran i know obviously the bad play and <laughs> <it, clears throat> we, we won't get into that too much but um but it just gives you a lot of options that way if you bring in a rookie if you want to play him right away you can play him right away but you aren't forced yeah.
2: to yeah no it's uh it's totally you're totally correct in saying that we got James coming in, too, who is supporting us with stars saying, hey, fellas, love the show. Thank you so much, James. James, that's really nice. Looks like I got a waterfall there behind. you. I can't tell on that picture, but it looks like a hiking photo. So I'm in. Um, thank you, James. And he says, I hoping Sutton is next as far as the contracts go. Um, what do you think Sutton is? If you were George Payton right now, what would you offer Sutton? And don't think about the massive. I think it's better to think about these contracts as far as average per year. Yeah. Um. So what, what is Sutton getting?
1: what I would offer him would probably be in the 14 to 15 million a year range. Yeah, probably what he's looking for is in the 16 to 17 to 18 million dollar range.
2: No, you're totally, that's, that's tough. Cause he hasn't been, I don't think he's been that kind of receiver this year with the injury, just too inconsistent. And uh, what does this team want to be right? You have to have the quarterback that makes it worth it to pay these receivers. And if you're playing this ball control, take the air out of the ball, limit possessions, offense, is it worth it to pay every single one of these receivers where you could spend more money on the defense, the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera to play that style, right? Like it's, it's, yeah. it's tough. You got to have the quarterback to make those guys worth it. Yeah. Um, Worth it always. Diamond Rattler coming in and saying, D- damn D wh- D de- in. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, either way, like- uh, thank you so much, Diamond. You're always supporting us, so we appreciate you a lot. Um, Josh is coming in too with the five dollars super, saying plenty of cap next year at eighty million. I'll take the to- uh, Tim Patrick. Gosh, uh, Tim Pat- I was like Tommy Patrick. No, Tim Patrick and Sutton at say twenty five combined instead of twenty one for a Galladay type. Uh, plus, Tim Patrick is gone when Judy's payday comes up. Yeah, that's a big thing too. Also, Tim Patrick's contract goes until he turns, I believe, thirty-one years old. So, I mean, he's—I think—he's the style where he can play good football for a while, even though yep. he's going to be thirty-one. But uh, you're paying him average APY of about ten million a year for t- for probably his best years. So, I think you have a really good floor doing that. And now, I feel much better about this receiver room heading into this year because you know you have Judy, you know you have Patrick. Um, you probably have to find somebody else if Sutton walks still because I don't trust Hamler's need to be fully healed by next year. Uh, but you have a pretty good floor to work with at that receiver room.
1: What what do you think about Kendall Hinton? I think Kendall Hinton is
2: fine. And I think he has some flashes, but I don't think he is dynamic enough as a receiver in any singular area that I'm like pumping targets for him. Now, maybe you bring in like a a veteran that competes with him for that wide receiver three role while you're kind of waiting for a KJ Hamler. And this isn't a world where Sutton is gone. Um, But I don't think I I would not feel great about going into next year with him being far and away the best option at wide receiver three. And that's no disrespect to Hinton. It's just, I haven't seen enough. I know he's made some splash plays here and there, but I don't think he's dynamic enough uh, as a receiver that, especially in an 11 personnel league, right? Like that's, that just scares me.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, And it does depend a little bit on who you hire as your next OC yeah. uh because if they like that 12 personnel getting a little bit bigger with Fant and Okoebenem then maybe you don't have to worry about as much finding that third fourth receiver but if they like to spread it out like most most OCs are doing these days yeah you're going to have to find somebody if Sutton walks out the door all yep. right we got George Fox coming in here uh we saying we don't owe Drew much money why pay Teddy
2: um, because if the team doesn't think that Drew Lock is a very good quarterback, which they, you know, their actions seem to say that, given the chances they've had to play Drew and they haven't turned to him, then I don't know why they would turn to Drew. I think it's more likely that you see Drew playing somewhere else next year. Uh, right now than uh seeing them let Teddy walk and in, leaning into Drew. I think if you do lean into Drew, it's like he's battling with somebody else or like a mid-round rookie pick. Um, with you know, whatever guy's the starter. I just don't think they're going to put themselves in a position where like Drew is a viable option where we stand right now. Like things can happen. Let's say Teddy gets hurt and Drew goes out there and balls. We live in a different world then, but where it stands right now, it doesn't seem like we obviously know the coaching staff isn't a big fan of him. It's, I mean, not obviously, but it seems like the coaching staff is not a big <laughs> fan of him. Um, and I think if George Payton was all in on Drew block, we would see him right now. Like they, you wouldn't, you'd step in. Right. Like if he's the quarterback with how important that is, you know, you have to still empower your coaches. But if Peyton thought that, you know, Drew, wa- Drew Locke walked on water, that he would be pushing his hand right now to get that quarterback on the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You'd want to know. You'd sit there and say, I've got to prepare for the future here. I don't care what you think, coaches. You've got to go put this guy in there. And obviously, he hasn't forced his hand. Yeah. And I, I do know George Peyton is still a fan of Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So I think that factors into this as well. He trusts Bridgewater he feels like he's a good locker room guy. I -hmm. mean, even like, I mean, I I think a lot of people miss this after his bad mistake of quitting on that play, not making the tackle, or not even attempting it. He he at least went to the players and apologized to every single player in that locker room for his effort. You know, like that, that takes, that takes something like, do, do you ever picture Jay Cutler doing that after a mistake?
2: No, but, uh, Jay Cutler had got a lot of attempts to tackle right in his career. So there's some, he, he can point to some good highlights because of how much he was turning it over to the other team and having to make a tackle. Also, Jay Cutler played both ways in, uh, Santa Claus, Indiana. I think they always talked about that in the game. So he was a good safety, uh, as well. I think back in high school, um, we got Shane coming in here saying why pay Teddy? Cause we need to extend him to keep him. Why? Uh, when you could pay two young quarterbacks for less than he would demand, um, because Teddy is a league average quarterback who is not going to absolutely kill your season by playing him, right? Like we, if you put, if you swapped, this is going to get some heat right now because I know everybody's on this guy right now across the league. But if you switched Teddy Bridgewater and Mac Jones, these teams would be exactly who they are right now still. And I know that Mac Jones is a rookie. Heck, even the Patriots might even be a little bit better because Mac wasn't that good early on. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you switch those two quarterbacks right now, probably not much is changing. So you can win football games that way with that kind of quarterback, who's throwing it short, leaning into the run game and playing amazing defense, right? Like God, Patriots defense is so good right now. Um, But it's not really putting it on that quarterback's shoulders. And at some point in their career, that's going to happen. Right. And we don't know that about Mac yet compared to what we know about Teddy. So I think it's just more about the competency of the quarterback position and not leaving yourself with your pants around your ankles um, at, at quarterback, I hear what you're saying about like trying to go cheap there. And if Teddy wants a lot of money, you probably need to go elsewhere as far as looking cheap, but you know, you're not, you don't want to go out there next year with like drew lock versus Jeff Driscoll, right? Like you're done at that point. Like might as well, you're punting the season, trade everything you can and go for the first pick because your, your quarterback position would be that bad. Yep. Unless and, we live in a different world and drew Locke comes in and balls this year. Who knows? Right.
1: And we got uh, JJ coming in with $5 super chat. Really appreciate that saying, I think we should be glad we did not draft a quarterback this year. Shermer would have ruined him. Like he did lock.
2: I don't subscribe to this. I don't, I think a lot of the quarterback is on that quarterback, right? Like you see, obviously some guys in better situations, but like did Elway's early years of, you know, Dan Reeves, super conservative football ruin Elway. No, Elway was still great. I mean, Andrew Luck played for a really incompetent team early on and it eventually did cost him his career, but like he was balling. You know, he was amazing on the field even though everything around him was bad. I mean, I think it I think it's more so about that individual quarterback. Now, you do want to set them up to have success, no doubt, but like there are it's not a binary, you know, good uh where they land. Like if you are terrible, which, you know, a lot of metrics last year, we were terrible at the quarterback position last year. Some of that's dragged down by the games you didn't play still, but um I think you would, you have some idea of what these guys are going to be. Yeah. So I, right. I Shermer's also had terrible quarterbacks almost his entire career, right? Like right. the only good quarterback he's ever had in his system or coaching with is Donovan McNabb. The rest of it, like, is the best Nick Foles is the best Sam Bradford. I mean, the case, I case mean, he got Kate's Tina paid. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> he's a bad play caller. I'll give him that. And I don't think he's the best at adapting a scheme to what his players do best, but I do think he is a, probably a league average offensive coordinator as much as people don't want to hear that.
1: Yep. I agree. Most of his quarterbacks, the time that he had them, their quarterback rating on average was at least 10 points higher. Drew Locke was, I think the first one that didn't actually meet what he was before. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, He's over 10 points higher than what his average is, I think, this year Mm -hmm. uh, under Schirmer. And so, like I said, I'm not trying to say he's some amazing quarterback guru or anything like that. I'm just trying to say, I think sometimes we mess up the idea of a play being bad and saying, okay, the offense coordinator obviously did not call a good play. Sometimes
2: Sometimes
1: they don't. Yeah, I agree. And there's been times where he did not call a great play. There's times where I'm screaming at TV going, man, it really stinks that I know exactly what you're going to do on this play. Um, But sometimes it is on the players where they just don't execute. So it's I think it's been a little bit of 50 50 this year.
2: A lot of people really want and this is just human nature in general. They want a simple, singular problem or solution that is easy to target and fix, you know, like cut out the tumor and then boom, fully healthy. When really it's just a bunch of different factors and variables that make it really complicated. And these variables are changing play by play, week by week, year by year, right? Like this year yeah. where you're banking on a great defense, variable changed. Now your quarterback has to be that much better because the defense isn't playing at a top. Hell, they're not even playing at a top half of the league level. Um, maybe right in there. They're, they're, they're average at best, I would say right now. Right. Um, so the variables change and the formula changes. And if you have an elite quarterback, it's a lot easier that year by year, but uh, we're not there right now. And uh, I want to talk a little bit more sudden. Let's get back to that in the end. I want to hear your 2022 quarterbacks right now. And like I said earlier, it's pretty tough frame right, in- right now. I have my quarterback one. And it's pretty easy for me for my quarterback one. Um, I would say, but uh, quarterbacks two through six, I I went back and forth three hundred times today, Carl. I I'm having a hard time, and I'm really actually a little bit nervous to even talk about this right now because I don't a don't haven't watched every single one of these guys under the microscope, and yeah. uh, with all the information that's going to come out after the season, I think is going to be really important as well. Um, right. But uh, right now we have to talk about it a little bit because right now it seems like the Broncos, if it's not edge rusher, it's probably going to be quarterback in the first round of this draft class. All right, so I think we should go five, four, three, two, one. Personally. Okay. So um, your fifth quarterback, I'm going to check the chat here to make sure that we don't have too much uh, supers coming down the line. We got Andrew Baker coming in first here. Uh, Draft talk is coming. Yep, It's it's happening right now, but it's not done until the fat lady sings and we're out of the playoffs. So what's going to be the spark that will at least, at least finish strong. Plus AFC West is still open. Uh, Spark that'll finish strong. Broncos understanding that they have a, blossoming top 10 run game Um, that is something you can lean on the rest of the season and get teams to play single high, which means that you can have more uh, shots down the field. If you trust your tackles to hold up and pass protection for those slower developing pass plays on play action. And the other one would be Bradley Chubb coming back, hopefully and galvanizing this defensive front with a guy who is not only a solid pass rusher, but also good against the run because right now they're just, they're struggling at the edge edge rushing position.
1: Okay. What about you ready? Ready for my,
2: Yeah, let's do it. Top five. Okay.
1: Uh, Number five. About changed this because of some information that you got earlier, but Carson Strong.
2: Okay. Actually, can you give me your number six first? There are like six quarterbacks in this class. I know we said top five and five is an even nice number, but I think we need to hear what your six is as well.
1: I'd probably go Ritter.
2: Ritter is your six. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Carson Strong is your five. Why is Carson Strong your five?
1: So much of his game is going to be predicated on who your OC is because he, he can't get out of the pocket. He can't throw on the run. So Shanahan system's completely out. You cannot have a coordinator that plays him that way. He's got to play from the pocket, but he's got a good arm, and he makes some throws throughout games that just make you go, okay, that's an NFL throw. Like some of these guys, they're not making hardly, you, you could maybe have like two minutes of highlights that would actually be NFL throws. <laughs> yep. Nick had some drinks for the Hawkeye victory tonight. Um, Carson Strong has a few more NFL throws because he's asked to do a few more NFL things compared to a yeah. lot of these other guys. And so I think if you're looking for day one impact kind of guy, I think strong is going to be up there as a top three guy that could actually come in day one and be a decent quarterback for you. But long-term, I'm also looking at year three. I'm not sure Carson strong is my guy that I really want being back there because there are limitations to his game because of his lack of athleticism.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think he moves in the pocket pretty well. He's not going to take off ever, but there was a throw last night in that game where he climbed the pocket and hit it down the right uh, sideline. I have my hat right here. Sorry, I just got out of the shower, so I didn't want to have the uh, the terrible hat hair uh, with that. So I got my hats. Don't worry. I want to show off the full head of hair. Um, but as far as Carson Strong's mobility, I agree with you totally that um, the athleticism is a concern. He's one of those quarterbacks, and I put him in the Matt Ryan category. Where you have to invest in the offensive line if he's going to be your quarterback because he's a he can be a statue back there and you can operate and win with a statue. Still. I mean, Mac Jones has very little mobility, right? Uh, Tom Brady has very little mobility right now, but those teams have. Uh, well, I guess the Falcons don't with Matt Ryan, but uh, when you have the offensive line, you you cannot have uh, even a guy who's below average on the whole unit. You have to be C's or above on every single guy to have that guy function year after year, and it's really hard. Um, for me, Carson Strong is my six. It's not because I don't like him. I am. If you have an order that's one through six with any of these guys, good for you. I'm not going to argue with you too hard. I think it's this is such a hodgepodge class that I'll take the last one remaining and feel good about it. Um, <laughs> middle of day two. Um, but as far as Carson Strong, three surgeries on the same knee and talks of there being a d- degenerative knee for him. Great arm, uh, a lot of good throws on tape, stressing the ball vertically. Looks a lot like Jared Goff at Cal. Uh, very skinny base. Um, but able to get a lot of velocity on the throws vertically down the field. Three surgeries on the same knee though, and degenerative knee concerns. I mean, that's, that's so scary in the NFL. And some people are like, oh yeah, Miles Garrett, Jalen Smith, Jalen Smith fell off a cliff because of that knee, right? That's one thing. And then you have guys like Daquan Bowers who had degenerative knee issues was taken and he was in that Von Miller draft. Um, mm-hmm. People thought he would had a chance to be the first overall pick. He fell to the second round and didn't do squat in the NFL because his knee just fell apart in the league. So the fact that he's had three injuries and that also the fact uh, Carson's knee is also reportedly had uh, caused him issues for the weight room. Um, I don't know if you've noticed for the senior, he has absolutely no mass in his base because he can't get in the weight room because his knee is such an issue. So um, I love a lot of what Carson puts on tape. I'm just scared to death of that knee. So I haven't met six um, for me. Number five, I have Malik Willis. I love Malik Willis's tools and upside, but he is so freaking erratic right now in the game. And I don't know if he can consistently execute the, the layups, you know, hit for singles, like you have to do in the NFL. And the fact that he's already going to be 23 years next year, where he's a year away from being a year away and the pressure of having to use a first round pick on him. Probably. I I love the tools. Um, And if he was like brilliant on the whiteboard and like had a heart of gold, I'd, you know, sign me up. I'll bet on the tools then, but there's just too much. He's too way too erratic on tape for me right now to put him above these other quarterbacks. Uh, if they do though, I mean, or end of round one, even knowing that it's a lottery ticket, Mm-hmm. swing away. I don't give a hoot as long as, you know, that doesn't keep you from going quarterback next year, the year after. Um, Willis has probably some of the best tools in this class, but I'm just, I'm scared to death of him right now. And he's playing bad football right now too. Like yeah. he's just, he's, he's he's in the he's struggling right now.
1: Yep. He's my number four, Malik Willis. I I'm with you there. There's yep. times where he is not reading a defense at all. He's nope. just making a throw. Just hoping that it, it works out well for him. Nope. And this year that has not worked out well for him. Yeah. Nope. It, 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 he has those splash plays. And like you said, when we're talking about athletic upside, I mean, this guy is a highlight reel waiting to happen. Th- th- there's yeah. plays. I, I think I mentioned in the chat the other day of, of um, like, if it's a third and three play, this is maybe the quarterback I want out there because teams are completely f- afraid of what, what in the world are you going to do? Yeah. You could do anything with this guy on the field and uh, he can turn a, a negative play into a, incredible play for you. And, uh, so it just, I like that, but man, he has got a long ways to go to become something viable in the NFL. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, at least day one, he can come in and be like a red zone or a third and short and kind of give you some QB option looks with good arm talent, but his pocket feel right now is non-existence. Um, his ability to go through progressions right now is very I don't want to say juvenile, but just not really progressed. Um, like you'd hope. And we got Chad coming in with stars here, Chad Hanner. Thank you very much for joining us today, Chad. Um, so those all scare me. But, uh, again, if this is the quarterback position, if a dude is smart and a dude has a lot of character and like not only wants to be good, but like has this like inherent need to be good. Otherwise, you know, they don't, they cease to exist anymore. That can Mm -hmm. flip it on its head. You know, that's something that we can't uh, qualify from here, but, um, I have him at five, uh, Malik My number four quarterback is Sam Howell. Uh, Sam Howell is Baker mayfield light. I know a lot of people have said that. He's got a pretty good arm, and I love how tough he is. Um, He scares the heck out of me, and this is something that scared the heck out of me with uh, um, the likes of uh, Drew Locke as well. He's absolutely just terrible decision-making under pressure. I mean, he just freezes when there's pressure, Um, and we saw that at the beginning of the year, teams like, oh, well, you. He doesn't have any sense of urgency or know where the hot read is on those blitzes. So I think he has the arm talent. I think he's tough. Um, but I, I hate the offense he plays. That Phil Luongo offense at North Carolina. Dreadful. Um, and I think that uh, he's one that uh, I like the arm talent. I love him on his rookie contract as well. I think you're mm-hmm. pretty limited with him long term. So I have Howell at, five, at four um,
1: right now. Okay. Well, he's my number three. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I, I love the fight of the kid. I mean, th- th- there's been games where North Carolina did not... Yep talent wise, they didn't line up with the team across from them. And yet Howell kept them in a lot of those games, making just ridiculous plays, especially with his legs this year. I mean, I know that's not all going to completely transfer to the NFL because I mean, he's not like he runs and you're going, this guy doesn't look very athletic, but then he still runs over people. And one, I don't want my quarterback running over people like that in the NFL. I I just, that that's not going to last long-term. I mean, look at cam Newton going from MVP to struggling to be on an NFL team. Uh, but, but I do, I like the fight of the kid. I feel like he's going to work his tail off to be great. And, and I like that he has had to adjust his game this year because all of his, his talented weapons went to the NFL and yet he's still going out there keeping his team in games. So I I like that about him, but you're right. Decision-making when he is under pressure, he still feels like he has to make a play and he doesn't understand there's times where the best play you can make is just throw it away. Don't take the big hit and take the huge sack that gets you in third and 20 and don't throw it where they're going to all of a sudden pick it off because you threw it into triple coverage because you're Mm -hmm. under pressure. That's that scares me, too. I I agree. Uh, But like I said, I just love the fight of the kid. I feel like he can still work to be a good quarterback in the NFL.
2: I agree with you. We got Miguel coming in saying, sup fellas just jumped in, but want to say congrats to Timmy Patrick. Yeah, we'll get, we'll circle back around to Timmy Patrick here at the end. Colin also coming in saying it's November and we're talking about the draft. A lot of good. That does us look at how little we've gotten out of our recent first round picks, except for tan, uh, the Broncos right now it's a it's bye week. So we're going to at least talk a little bit of draft here. And the Broncos are doing a lot of work on these quarterbacks. And I think it's a good point right now to at least, yeah uh, take the temperature of the room of the quarterback situation for this 2022 class right now. So we appreciate you Colin. We'll go, we'll sir- circle back around to the wide receivers here uh, in a bit and talk about Carlton Sutton and the likes of Timmy Patrick and what this means for this group here going forward. I also wanted to get to this one from uh gosh Carl um can you read this name? Fuavioli Foy-
1: Foy- We're we're so I'm sorry excuse- that we but- butchered that.
2: <laughs> F.E.T. F.E.T., thank you so much for joining us today on Facebook. Uh, you have to let us know in the comments how we phonetically pronounce your name, because if you're going to leave a comment, we want to get to you. But uh, I've I don't want to butcher this any more than I already did. Uh, he comes in and says maybe the Broncos need a quarterback like Mariota is a good fit with our team, in my opinion, change the whole coaching staff. And we need a coach that stands his ground and has strong attitude to let the players know why the Broncos paid them. Um, Well, first off, thank you for joining us today. Um, As far as firing the whole coaching staff, I don't know about that. I mean, you got Zach Azani, who you like a lot. You got Mike Munchak, who you like a lot. You got, uh, I think Red Herring is still there, who you like a lot. Mm-hmm. You got uh, Bill Kolar, who has been here over multiple staffs as well. So I don't think you need to fire the whole coaching staff, but you know, I think head coaches probably coming to a terminal point here. And that means the defensive coordinator and the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coaches as well. But there are guys here that are worth keeping around. Curtis Modkins, another one that comes to mind, the running back coach has done great here uh, with the running back. So I don't think you need a clean house uh, and I don't think it's that drastic.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I think it would be detrimental to the team, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because like I said, there are some guys that are well respected around the yep. league that would be snapped up like that. Like yep. I-, I think Tim Patrick was talking about Azani uh, being one of the big reasons that he is the, the wide receiver that mm-hmm. he is, you know, going from undrafted to now paid as a top 30 wide receiver in football now. Uh, and you know, that, that happens from good coaching being a part of that. Yeah. I mean, the player has to put in the work, but it, it also requires some coaching to do it. So I, I really do. I agree. There's some great coaches here that I think do well with their position groups and the next staff would do well to keep them around.
2: Yeah. No, I agree with you completely. Uh, thank you for the comment. Uh, back to the quarterbacks here. My number three quarterback is Desmond Ritter. Um, I've been back and forth on this one, but he's been on a heater uh, lately. He fits the uh, Bill Parcells uh, quarterback requirements, right? Also, that's another one um, where he's had a lot of experience. He's seen pretty much all walks. He's had plenty of games put on his back. And while his accuracy, his his touch, his precision can be hit or miss, Um, he can stress the defense vertically and I'm really feeling a certain way after watching the, the Eagles just bully the absolute crap out of the Broncos, um, this last week in the trenches, I think you can do a Jalen Hurts game plan with Desmond Ritter to great success early in his career because he's a decent athlete. Uh, he's got a pretty good arm. I think you can clean up some of the mechanics as well to get some accuracy from him. And, uh, I think he goes pretty well through his progressions. I don't want to throw out the, the Dak Prescott, um, talk about going through progressions and being an athlete and working through tightening some of that accuracy stuff, uh, that kind of comparison for him. But uh, I think there he's being slept on right now from the general media. Um, He was a little bit hit or miss early on and just being a caretaker for that Cincinnati team. But he's been playing good football recently. He's going to have some hits or misses like Jalen Hurts is, too. But rookie contract, the athleticism, what he can automatically do for you in the red zone and on third and short, I think he's somebody that uh, we need to be talking more about than we are right now.
1: Okay, That's just I, me. I know I, you had him at
2: six. I didn't, yeah, I'm not going to fight you.
1: And I'll be honest, I have not watched his last few games here where he's been playing much better. He I watched earlier better. where he was having his struggles, accuracy was a problem, ball placement, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. And so that's what's in my mind when I'm thinking yep. of him. Maybe when I go back and watch some of these games, maybe he moves up my list. Because like I said, we get more information each week on these mm-hmm. guys. And, and so, you know, I, I know some people come back and say, oh my gosh, you had him as your number six. He's turned into a great NFL quarterback. And I'll be like, well, did you listen to our other shows when maybe I moved him up my list? And, uh, and maybe I'll be wrong about the guy too. We'll, we'll yeah. never, uh, we'll have to see on some of that. Cause I've been wrong on some guys. Uh, yeah. We but, get, uh,
2: Jeff saying Nick, I agree with you about coaching. now. thank you very much, Jeff. We we appreciate you for the five dollar super there. Um and we got CC coming in saying Ritter is someone I want as a developmental guy, if that's the route you want to go. We had another comment about Ritter up here. Everyone. Oh, here we go. R Powell. See, I found you R. There, don't worry about it. Ritter stays poison in the pocket. Good runner, good arm. Redefense is very good. And he puts the team first before him. I think. I know that uh, I got eye rolling here from Mel Kuyper comparing Ritter to Josh Allen. But I I mean, the shotgun pistol uh, quarterback read option kind of looks there and you can expand the playbook uh, with him as you go on. And I think you can really get uh, a lot of him early on from that kind of offense. And that paired with a good defense and a good ground game as well. I mean, you play in the, the read option where your options at the edge are you either have Desmond Ritter coming off one side who ran a 40 yard touchdown today or Javante Williams the other way or up the middle. I mean, that's, that really puts your linebackers at stress and they're just not enough good linebackers right now to handle that. And defenses are getting smaller and lighter up front. I don't know if you're talking about like taking a swing on a guy. I think Ritter has a very, very, very high floor, right? It doesn't mean he has to be the guy, um, but I'm, I'm more interested in him. The more I think about it, the more I go through his tape, uh, then seems to be general consensus right now. That's okay. that, And that's just where yeah. I'm sitting out. Again. I'm just, I really like what the Eagles are doing with hurts. Uh, and I think that's replicable with Ritter and you can get him maybe very end of the first round or second round. So yeah, I don't know.
1: And Powell, um, I'll go watch that SMU game from today. That
2: was today. He was, yeah. he, he missed some throws, um, but he had some really good throws as well. And he just doesn't make, doesn't make many mistakes. Like if you're going to miss, like miss it, we're an area where you're not throwing it at the other team. Right. And that, that I feel yeah. like Ritter does that pretty often. Um, so uh, let's keep it going here. Um, did you say your number three already? I don't think you did. Yeah. I said Howell. Was Howell is three. your number three? Yeah. I bet you we have the same number two and number one then. Uh, number two, Kenny Pickett. Um, his games this year have just been too good uh, as far as what he's able to do. Now, I know before this year, he wasn't that consistent with his accuracy and placement. I did see that he had the biggest change uh, in football in twenty. 20- Twenty um, from his actual completion percentage versus his expected completion percentage because Pittsburgh was dropping the football that much. Like his completion percentage last year is like 59, and his expected completion percentage was like 74. Talk about a night and day difference. So that's a pretty big difference. Yeah, just dropping it like crazy. I do really like that wide receiver Addison they have there, but that's a yeah. talk for later. Um, Pickett's really good. He reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins, which, you know, that might get an eye roll for some people, but Kirk Cousins on a rookie contract. Okay, sign me up. Um a little bit older which c- concerns me because of how quarterbacks jump based on their age um in the league and in college and also the 8 and a quarter inch hands. If it really is 8 and a quarter inch hands and you're worried about long-term uh playing late in the season bigger football in the NFL compared to college, that does scare the heck out of me. Um but uh right now I think the tape is too good to com- uh, not consider him. So I'm leaning with uh I'm leaning with picking at my quarterback too.
1: Yeah, I uh, I went back last night and watched him a little bit more again um and and you're right Uh, of all the quarterbacks this year he has played the best football of all of them Mm -hmm. now does that mean that he's my top quarterback obviously no because i have him here at number two but ball placement decision making uh even even his athleticism i think is Mm -hmm. a little bit sneaky at how athletic he can actually be on the field he's not yeah and but he can actually use it when he wants to but he doesn't use it very often. He would rather throw the football. Yeah, I think he's got complete command of that that offense. Yeah. Uh, now, sometimes that makes me a little nervous. Okay. They've been in the same system for the last three years. How are they going to adjust to all of a sudden to this new scheme in the NFL? It's probably going to take him a little bit of time, uh, but yeah. he seems very smart, very determined to be a great quarterback. Um, I, I love that he contacted some people like he contacted Peyton Manning in the offseason, and said, Hey, what do you think I should be doing? should I go yes. to the NFL? Should I stay here? And, and so he's 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 done well to make a lot of good decisions in his career. And yep. so I, I, I would love to see him as a Denver Bronco. I really would. I, I think he'd fit well, especially if you're going to be a passing offense. Okay. If you're going to be a passing offense, if you're going to pay Cortland Sutton and have Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler, which of these quarterbacks do you trust to actually get the most out of them? I would argue Kenny Pickett is the guy that would probably get the most out of them as a passer. Maybe. I'm having, a, the
2: as far as, it depends on if you want to lean into the running game or if you want to lean into the pass catchers, right? Like, I don't think Pickett, and it's, again, if he has eight and a quarter eight and a quarter inch hands, those would probably be the, uh almost the smallest hands ever recorded for an NFL quarterback. I don't remember what Joe Burrow is, but Drew Locke at nine inch hands was at the ninth percentile. Of quarterbacks ever measured, which that's, that's not good folks. Um, small hands, not that's not baby hands, drew lock, but small hands, drew lock. Um, but eight and a quarter, I mean, that's significantly smaller and uh, I'm a little bit concerned in that game last week, North Carolina versus Pittsburgh. When it started to rain, Pickett's play fell off and his accuracy fell off and that's something yep. to worry about. Um, so, uh, it's something to, something to think about. We got base case coming in here based with the the new picture. Uh, good to see a base. It's been a second, uh, would we're signing Patrick Sutton Chubb and a few others, leave enough for us to afford Russ Wilson or Rogers. Um, I don't think they're going to sign Chubb because they still have another year of control on him. They already exercised the fifth year option. So I don't think they would probably do that. Um, And I think as far as Sutton goes, I mean, it might be the case where if those quarterbacks don't say, I want to go to Denver, if uh, you don't have Sutton and Patrick back also. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there because they're going to, they're obviously going to want to have those guys there to throw to uh, if they're coming in here.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think it negates the opportunity to go get one of those guys because, let's be honest, the NFL salary cap is kind of a joke. Yeah, you you can manipulate it, you can make it work. They can stagger who has the big cap hit, what year, those kind of things. Totally, uh, it, it just they could make it work if they really want to. I think it might make it a little bit more complicated in the sense of you're waiting on your new owner. And new owner is going to want to have a little bit of say in where his money is going. And so maybe it's better that you make that decision before a new owner gets in here. So then they have no say in the situation. But I mean, you're going to have to, I guess, in in that sense of trading for one of them. But I I really don't think it negates it. I think it helps. Like you said, it's a double-edged sword because then you're not going to be able to pay at other positions. You maybe can't pay the linebackers to stay around or find another linebacker you're going to have to go thin at a couple other positions, maybe cornerback. You can't go and look at free agency like you did this last off season. Uh, and so then you're going to have to figure out some different ways to, to help in that. And especially if you're trading for one of those guys, you probably don't have your first round pick, probably don't have your second round pick or at least one of them. And so then you're having to figure out some things as you go to, to fill out the rest of the roster.
2: Yeah, it's tough. It's a, uh... It'll be tough, but the thing about, and we're seeing it right now with the Broncos, like, would you trade that Peyton Manning four-year window for the world, right, or just to be mediocre for a few seasons? No, right, and it's already been six years since we had one, but, like, there's no guarantees that you can have a 20-year-long window like the Patriots or, like, draft as consistently great as the Steelers or the Ravens, right? If you can bring in Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, uh, I think you go for it and just lean all into that window because there's no guarantee you ever even get in a window. So if you can get those guys and automatically guarantee a window, go for it. Um, Zebulon coming in here. Hope you're doing well, Zeb. Uh, what position could be a surprise pick in round one? Uh, for me, this one's going to be cornerback cornerback seems like an option for the Broncos early. It really depends on what happens if they do bring in a new coaching staff. Uh, but cornerback is one where you're going to be losing fuller. You're probably going to be losing Callahan and, uh, Darby is going to be essentially in the last year of his deal next season. Uh, You could keep him another year after that, but the way his contract sets up, you have a lot of flexibility to move on after 2022 and in the AFC West with the likes of Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, you need cornerback after cornerback after cornerback. I mean, you really do. Otherwise you're going to be in trouble because these are teams that, I mean, the Patriot, the chiefs essentially run 10 personnel consistently, with Kelsey out there. So you have to be able to have guys that can cover in space. And that means another premium investment in the cornerback position, even though it will cause some eye rolls, no doubt about that. I don't think it is. I don't think it's a bad way to go. And I, it could be a surprise, but I think it's somewhere you have to at least consider in this class.
1: And, and look at our GM. He's coming from a team where they use premium picks on the cornerback position draft after draft after draft. Yep. So it, I'm sure he's looking at that group right now. Uh, there's some decent cornerbacks here in the first round that maybe if the Broncos are picking in the middle of the first round and your offensive tackles are gone, the quarterback you want is gone, the edge guys are gone that you really like. Cornerback is one of those spots. I think linebacker is another one. There's a couple really good linebackers that are going to be in this draft. There you go.
2: Uh, Utah versus Oregon right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Utah is a very good cornerback. I'm sure that's where Chad is right now. Um, but cornerback for me makes the most sense there. Yeah. Uh, maybe linebacker, maybe defensive tackle. Also, you got two guys at Georgia that might make some sense there. Um, but uh, those are the ones that make sense. Um, David coming and saying no longer Rodgers on the Broncos. Yeah, that's your prerogative, David. I am um, don't want to get too far down any rabbit holes here. But uh, I mean, if I can put up with uh, some other stuff from some of the quarterbacks, you know, it's whatever. I'll try to separate as much as I can. And hopefully we get some good football here. Um, you know, it's not like he's out there driving 120 miles an hour drunk or something. So, the uh, <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, top two quarterbacks here for me. My number two is uh, Pickett. Oh, we have talked about that. Yep, yeah, Pickett, solid. That. Would you be okay? Let's say the Broncos are picking twelve overall. Are you okay with taking Pickett there? No, that's too early for Pickett. Are you okay? Are you okay with our number one guy there? And let's lean into that. Matt Corral, probably our number one quarterback. I like Matt Corral a lot. Um, He's very tough. I wish he was a little bit bigger, uh, a little bit thicker, but he's not, but he's tough as nails. He's a twitchy player as well. It's not about like the open field speed for these quarterbacks. It's about the twitch. You have to be able to make sudden movements in the pocket out of the pocket, use that athleticism to uh, extend the pass game and also get yourself out of bad situations. So you don't have to be running the best forty in the world, but you need to be twitchy in the, in the pocket. And I think Corral has that a lot. He reminds me a lot. He just looks like a shortstop out there playing quarterback. And that's really aesthetically pleasing. Uh, Obviously that uh, Lane Kiffin offense makes it really simple for him, but uh, I think he has the best combination of tools and, what you want also like between the chest and I think he's a pretty smart kid too. So pick, uh, excuse me, Corral's my number one quarterback. I think you probably have to take him in the top 10. If you want to take him this year, I think somebody's going to end up taking him in the top 10. That makes me a little bit scared. I don't want to trade up a lot of resources to go take him. I don't think he's that yeah. caliber of quarterback, uh, but he is my quarterback one.
1: Yeah. If we're picking at 12, I'm okay with it. Like yeah. I understand you're you're taking a risk. You're taking a chance to go get your quarterback. Yep. I, I I say do that as often as you, you need to. Uh, I'd rather do that than what the Broncos have been doing lately. Of, hey, late first round with Paxton Lynch, second round with Drew Locke, uh, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, yep. Trevor Simeon. You know, like but that's not really putting your eggs in the basket. Like, that's not trying to go actually solve the problem. That's saying, well, we'll just throw something out there. And maybe it'll work. Yeah. Just the odds of it working are are pretty slim. Where, yep. yeah, top twelve pick. I can get behind it because like I said, I I think I think with the right offensive coordinator, especially you can design something early on to make it work with him. And then as he develops his game to more and more, you really like the skill set that can take this this offense to a whole new level and make just really stress a defense. I mean, that's the whole thing. You want guys that are going to make the defense have to go, Okay, we're playing this guy this week. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Even Derek Carr, those guys, they stress a defense because it's like, oh my gosh, all right, how are they going to attack us this week? And so Matt Corral does that. That's why he's my number one. Not my favorite number one ever, obviously, but I I can be okay with it. Yeah, no,
2: I agree with you. It's not the best class there, but I think Corral, I think he's going to go in the top 10. I just think so. Um, Josh N coming in with $5 saying, our defense confused me. They don't pass the eye test, but they're fourth in points per game allowed and seventh in yards per game allowed. Do the Jets game skew the numbers that badly? Um, the Broncos, you know, a lot of people give Teddy Bridgewater a hard time about playing um, bad, you know, getting fat on some bad defenses, but the Broncos defense has gotten fat on some terrible offenses. Um, in terms of DVOA this season, right now, I think they're the 24th best DVOA offense, our defense in football, which takes into account the opponent's offense. So the Broncos have played some bad offenses and have been lacking in that regard. Also, the off- Broncos offense themselves, have really, really, really helped the Broncos' defense as far as field position and time of possession. The average amount of uh, possessions a game a team has is uh, 12 in the NFL. The Broncos' opponents are getting only 10 possessions a game, so the offense is limiting them, taking two whole possessions off the field every game. Uh, The Broncos' defense has the second-best starting field position of all football teams so far this season every single game. And uh, Broncos' offense, I think, is fourth in time of possession per drive. Um, So these are all factors that really lead the Broncos defense into be being uh, set up in a favorable situation. Um, And I think a lot of it also is the Broncos defense has been getting up points fast early and uh, then other teams are playing uh, somewhat conservative football. And it really pisses me off about this Broncos. Both these sides of the ball are like complementary to like an elite unit, right? Like both their styles are like, if we had a great defense, this offense would work. If we had a great offense, this defense would work. Somebody has to be great, right? You can't play this conservative, let the other guy blink on both sides of the ball and for it to work. We see what the Patriots right now, this off the Patriots offense is like super uh, checkdowns, uh, run the football, a lot of tight end and uh fullback usage, not making it hard for Mac Jones, but their defense is actually good enough that it works. Broncos defense hasn't been good enough there. So I appreciate the comment here. What's it's confusing. You're right to be confused. Um, A lot of the, um, the advanced statistics actually line up that the Broncos defense is not that good, despite on the whole, Points per game and yards per
1: game are okay yeah it's why statistics can be very deceiving because a lot they of people going, lot of yeah <laughs> yeah you need to look at the full picture of statistics to get the the picture there like you said going dvoa looking like a bottom 10 defense compared to points per game top yeah. five defense and yeah. and just kind of figure out, okay w- what is right here what's real and then that's where you have to really actually go watch the games and say okay how are they actually looking on the field And you're right. This defense, unfortunately, first quarter has just been terrible for them. First drives have been terrible. I'd I'd, I'd be interested to see how many times they've given up a touchdown on their first drive. Uh, It just puts your entire team in the hole, kind of like this last game against the Eagles. They got into a hole really early, and it just completely took the offense. I mean, I know a lot of people really want to run the football. But when you're down 14 points early on, it's hard to keep consistent with that running game because clock's working against you at that point.
2: Yeah, and you also want to run play action, but you can't run play action that uh, consistently and that effectively if you don't trust your tackles and pass protection because your quarterback is going to be under center, he's going to have his back to the defense and then turn around, and if your tackles are getting beat off the snap, he's going to turn around and get killed. Um so if you ta- if you're playing two multiple back uh, backup tackles and after that first drive I think that the Mike Shula and the offense lost all faith in cam Fleming in any sort of drop back situation there. And that's why you saw these hyper conservative, uh, offense, which almost got, almost got them back into it because the Broncos are running the ball that effectively. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Travis coming in saying a little late. That's okay. Travis, can't believe you're here at all. Utah's on against a huge game yeah, you know, 24 versus number <laughs> three, I think. Um, we'll have to rewatch because I really want to know what the Patrick re to an extension, what this means for Sutton. I uh, hope you guys have a great show and Utah's up 14 to zero on Oregon. That's good. Ooh, I, there you uh, go. I, I have money on Utah. Like, I can't say it too loud. Uh, but I had Utah covering the money <laughs> line on this one. Um, so uh, that's great. Um, good for me. And I thought Oregon was a little bit of a, uh, a fraud. I mean, the best three teams in football right now are Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia, obviously. And the fourth one is just to fill in. I don't care. Just let it be Cincinnati. You know, let give Cincinnati a participation trophy there. Um, you know, maybe something fun will happen. I don't know about against Georgia, though. But, uh, thank you, Travis. Um, we talked to our quarterbacks. Look, I'll give you the floor for, uh, Corral as well. Cause I feel like I talked a lot about Corral. I want to hear about your quarterback when you talked about his value, but why is he your quarterback one in this crop? And where would he rank compared to last year's crop?
1: Well, like I said, it, you really like the tools. I mean, he has a little bit of everything. He has the ability yeah. to run. He's got a big arm. I mean, he can rifle in any kind of throw. You, you see him most of the time making some pretty, pretty smart decisions. Uh, every once in a while he makes something stupid that you're just like, what are you doing? He's cleaned up a lot of things compared to last year, which I really like to see that growth pattern that you see in quarterbacks. Uh, You know, sometimes when they're just stagnant year after year, you're just kind of like, okay, well then how are they going to take that next step in the NFL? Matt Corral has taken that next step here this season and, and really taken charge of that entire system. And I, I just, I love the fight of the kid, you know, from what I understand, Things I've read on him, he really is that I know this is said a lot, but he is really first guy in last guy out has from, to be from, good.
2: Like for yeah. like, like I need to be the best in the way that I need oxygen, Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing. And your if your quarterback isn't that guy, I'm sorry, unless you're like a freak arm talent like Jay Cutler. But like Jay Cutler could have been freaking incredible if he had half of a heart, you yeah. know, like, uh, OK, sorry. That's just it's that's that's so important.
1: And it's hard to right. judge from here. Right. It is. But from everything that I've heard about him, from people talking to coaches, players, anybody connected to the guy, that's the kind of personality that he has. And so, I mean, nobody kicked himself more last year for those bad games than Matt Corral. And that's what you love to see when he takes responsibility for his bad games. And I kind of loved, I think he went to his coach in one of them where he threw the six picks and he's like, coach, why didn't you take me out? He's like, this is your team, man. You got to dig yourself out of this, and I think that was a big learning moment for him yeah. because we kind of saw a little bit of a switch for him after that. And then, like I said, taking it to that next level this year, and yeah. and so I I really do I love his game compared to last year's class. I would I'll probably forward- have. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go, ahead. Uh, I, go ahead. I was gonna say I, I would have him above Mac Jones, and that's
2: for Mac Jones. It's so hard, and I don't want to give myself too much credit here, but like one year sample size, two looking not great in the NFL two wide receivers drafted in the top 12 on his team. Um, and, uh, really not a great arm talent, not amazing athleticism, obviously. Um, but that can still win the NFL. He just needed to be a exceptional processor and intelligent and heart and processor and accuracy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's really hard to judge from here and God bless the Patriots. They're making me think like if Broncos are picking 15 swing, swing away. As long as it doesn't, uh, keep you from going at a quarterback the next season. But right. I agree with you. Just as far as the tools go um, from where we sit, it's hard to hard to not have him above them, but not above Wilson fields, uh, Lawrence and Wilson. Uh, who's the other one? Lance.
1: Yeah. So. I, I saw Jeff noise said, Carl sounds like drew lock. Drew lock is not the athlete at not, not even close. He's, he's an I mean, okay. Athlete drew locks an okay. Athlete. Yeah. Matt Corral. Can actually go take over a game with his legs if he needs to he's had a couple games this year where his arm was not not looking the best and he's like okay well i'm not throwing the best all right i'm gonna take off running and go for 100 yards rushing i don't see drew lock rushing for 100 yards in a game yeah so i think there's some differences there
2: yeah.
1: and and right. then i would add in drew lock i just worry he kind of plateaued a little bit like he he kind of showed some growth his junior year and then his senior year, he, he changed up. I mean, I know the offense changed up, but he just didn't even get to that level that he was his junior year. And I, I, just, I worry when those kind of guys, when they reach that kind of plateau, especially in college where you're, you're physically growing like crazy through those four years, you, you should be getting better as a player. Hmm. And I feel like drew lock almost took a step back there his senior year.
2: Yeah, and Drew Locke, I mean, we saw it last year's draft cycle where Drew Locke was being dragged through the mud a little bit by uh, anonymous NFL scouts just because of his laissez-faire kind of attitude. I mean, Drew Locke comes off, uh, according to people I've talked to, like just classic high school jock. You know, like, you know, he's he wants to be good. I don't know if it clicks the best for him uh, right now. And he says, we're making excuses right now. I don't know. Uh, sorry, tap, trapping dirty. Um, Chill guy coming in here saying can't afford to wait. There is actually some interesting inf- information here that I wanted to get into as far as can't afford to wait. You know, the Broncos can't afford to do even more than waiting, taking the wrong guy, because in the last 20 years, there's only been two teams and one of them is a the Cardinals. I cannot remember the other one, but in the last 20 years, only been two teams that has taken a first round quarterback and then taken one in the first round in the following two draft cycles. So if you take the wrong guy in the first round, that probably means that you're on the hook with him for three years. And that is three years later down the line when you're back in that cycle and you're in trouble. So, uh, you say that we can't afford to wait, I think that uh, if there's any reason to wait, it is because you don't want to be on the hook for that guy. And then you're waiting three plus years on the wrong dude. So, right. Unless, I mean, unless George Paxton, Payton is amazing enough and he's like, you know, we can take a swing and then we'll look again next year in the year after that because we're not invested in a first round pick. I don't give a hoot if they're a first round pick or a seventh round pick. You know, they show what they are on the field. Um, yeah. But as far as can't afford to wait, what they can't afford to do is take a heavy investment in the wrong guy.
1: Right. Paxton and Lynch is screwed. a perfect example. Broncos took a swing at this guy because they needed a quarterback. They felt like we have to take one. That's why they got into a, a bidding war with the chiefs and the Cowboys who both have their franchise quarterback. And it angers me that the Broncos won the, the bidding war yeah. in reality, they, they completely lost. Uh,
2: there's but, a multiverse out there where Matt, uh, Patrick Mahomes is a Broncos quarterback. And there's also a multiverse where Dak Prescott is a Broncos quarterback. So um uh, Sorry, guys, this is where we're at right now. I, but that, that maybe in that multiverse, the Broncos don't win Super Bowl 50. So, uh, we'll take what we can get. Yeah. There um, you go. But,
1: but yeah. So that, that's where rushing something just because you feel like you have to rush it gets you in trouble. Because then the Broncos, they stuck with Paxton Lynch, hoping for three years that this guy would turn into something. And then yeah. they missed out on, like, like you said, the Patrick Mahomes, uh, what the Sean Watson draft. Then the next one was the the 2018, where a lot of people kind of thought maybe the Broncos will get back into this. Well, then Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield, you know, some other guy, or Lamar Jackson is another one even that, that they missed out on. Um, and unfortunately, the Broncos have kind of lined up with some of the not great quarterback drafts of going for yeah. a quarterback. And that is some that- of the concern with this one too. Because twenty twenty three is looking like that could be a really good quarterback draft. And if you take one this year with a top fifteen pick, well, are you committed to that? And then all of a sudden missing out on CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce Young.
2: Oh man, somebody else caught my eye. So we were talking a little bit before the show, or right when the show started, of uh um Brennan Armstrong kind of caught our eye. He's a lefty from uh Virginia, um, Virginia. Um, but I watched Brendan Armstrong and the quarterback for BYU actually caught my eye as well. I thought he was pretty impressive. I think he's a sophomore this year, but keep an eye out for him next year. Uh, Jaron Hall. Um, again, I'm every single rock. I'm looking under it for a quarterback cause we need it. Um, but the Jaron Hall is one who's impressing me this year. Um, So we have our top five. I just want to throw out two more names here because I am very much of a throw assets and resources at the quarterback position until you hit. Um, I think there are two guys that are not being hyped up in this class that are worth a day three pick, uh, similar to how the Washington football team took RG3 and then ended up taking Kirk Cousins. Um, I think Caleb uh, Ellerby at Western Michigan, very talented. I like him a lot. Um, He has tools. He can throw the ball vertically. He's a big athlete as well. And then uh, Hendon Hooker for Tennessee. I know the tools uh, are the accuracy he tends to overthrow guys a lot right now the ball tends to sail on him but he's an amazing athlete he's got a whip and i think you can work on those mechanics and you know we're talking round four or round five here right like it's not like a huge investment but i think those are the type of guys that i would bet on i know some people like jake uh jake Hayner. i know some people like zappy at western kentucky those guys just look like good college quarterbacks to me they don't have the, the arm talent to hit those windows in the nfl but i do think that LRB and uh hendon hooker have the arm talent and the athleticism and the frame to be nfl guys so just some names for you guys to look at. We're already at an hour, but we need to talk just a little bit more. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, if that's okay with you, Carl. Yeah. Um. So, Cortland Sutton. Uh, I guess the main question here from you is: He going to be back next year? Is Cortland Sutton still a Bronco in twenty twenty two?
1: Yes. Okay. By what means? By what means? I'm afraid it's probably going to be on the franchise tag. I think the Broncos are going to come in a little bit low. George Payton has done really well. So I mean, this is kind of me having to adjust to George Payton GM compared to Elway GM. Mm-hmm. Elway lowballed guys left and right. That that was just Elway. Yeah. Uh, and there's sometimes where I think he realized like he was going to lowball them so much he wouldn't even offer them a contract because he's like, I'm. There's no way we're going to get close to what you want. Um. So maybe this is the George Payton era where they're willing to go ahead and offer a fair market deal kind of thing. But right now. I don't think there's much other than paying Cortland Sutton what he thinks he's worth for making Cortland Sutton want to stay in Denver. Like you don't have great quarterback play. You're got a whole lot up in the air, coaching staff wise, ownership wise. There's a lot of big decisions that are coming down the, the road here. And does Cortland Sutton want to stay for that? I don't think he takes the hometown discount for that. And I, I don't blame him for that. I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, these guys should be committed to the team. Those kind of things. These guys have a very short window to make their money. Yep. Go make your money for you and your family. Go set yourself up and your family's future for forever. Uh, go do that. That's fine by me. Yep. And and I'd love to see Cortland Sutton say, I'd love to see him here long-term because I think he really, when he is a hundred percent and he has good quarterback play, I think he will quickly prove to be a top 10 wide receiver in football. And you don't want to let that kind of talent walk out the door. So I'm I with hope they that. can get a. I hope they can get a deal done. Maybe his numbers being down this year helps a little bit to actually not have to pay as much, but at the same time, you're still going to have to pay a premium.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking maybe uh 15, 16 million a year. Um, what's nice about the Tim Patrick contract is that it lines up pretty squarely with it being done when it's time to pay, potentially pay Jerry Judy. Um, yep. So you have some options there, but uh, now maybe you have a little bit of leverage where, you don't have to feel like you have to give away to Cortland Sutton because Tim Patrick can come in and be very good. So, uh, you know, you have a little leverage there. You don't have to overpay. I'm hoping Sutton gets the bag in uh sense for him, but I'm also hoping the Broncos make a, a wise decision there. I'm not even sure. I think 15 million a year to 16 million a year is a good call for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a little bit of that's maybe that's a lot for the wide receiver position. It sets up nicely to not be paying the quarterback position a lot as well um but you have what 80 million dollars against the cap next year you have some ability to create some more cap moving on from a glasgow moving on from a oh there's somebody else whose contract you can get out of i can't remember um but uh you have you have some flexibility there and also you have a lot of draft picks which means you can go cheaper in other spots where um then you're not you know uh feel like you have to pay for a starting quality quality player at that position to be competent because you have the draft picks that can fill in there for cheap for four five years. So yeah um it's a good it's a it's not a good spot to be because you still have to figure out the quarterback position. But around the quarterback, it's about as good of a position as you could hope to be. The offensive yeah. line has continued continue to improve, but you got weapons, you got guys who are paid and going to be here for a bit. And you have ascending talent on contracts here for a little bit. So you know, hopefully they'll figure out the quarterback position. You pretty much have to do that, and then we've said on here a hundred times, you know, we love Patrick S- Sertan. We love, you know, potentially Rashawn Slater or all these other guys there. Uh, your window doesn't open until you have the quarterback, unless you have, right. like, an all-time defense and the ball breaks the right way. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So right. as, as as Rodney says here, um, why keep swinging until I get one? Why keep swinging until you get one in the first round until you get a quarterback who cares? What's the difference giving someone three number ones, four, but around wah? Well, Rodney, I'm not sure exactly what you're saying there, but I think he's saying that uh, you got to get your quarterback, um, and then it's, you know, then you have a chance. And Travis coming up with the update here: 21 to zero, Utah Jeez. Oregon. Man, that, that. That, that Pac-12 not looking so great. Yeah, um, but uh,
1: all right, go ahead. And I did want to say somebody asked earlier, why would Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers want to come to Denver? Well, why did Peyton Manning want to come to Denver? It wasn't like they were a world beater team. I mean, they were eight and eight that year barely made the playoffs in a very bad division. Yeah, that's, that's a big difference. The division difference, go ahead. The the division helped. Yes. But you know, he also looked at, okay, there's some young potential here. You Mm -hmm. got Von Miller on the defensive side. That's looking like he's going to be a star. You got two young wide receivers that you really like. Uh, You got a tight end at that point. And Julius Thomas, I know he didn't quite, he still was a good tight end. He was great we we used him fitness. up on his
2: rookie contract and then yep. he, somebody else paid him and we got a comp pick God bless
1: thank you I'll take it but uh but yeah there, there were some things here that made him go I think this could be something yep. and Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay I think weren't they an eight and eight team that year or seven and nine they were something like that yeah okay so you know they weren't even a playoff team. The year before Tom Brady goes there, but he looks and says, okay, they got some really good wide receivers. I like a lot of what they have on the offensive line. I think I can make this work. And so I think what the Broncos are looking at, and I think we've talked about it before the interior offensive line actually playing some of their best football for the Broncos.
2: Right yep. There's the tackles.
1: Something. Yes. The tackles were terrible in this last game, but Dalton Reisner looks kind of like he looked his rookie year. It's been kind of nice to see. Lloyd Cushenberry has maybe put his two best games together in a row that he's had in his time here in Denver. Quinn yep. miners looks like a guy. If he can really figure it out a few things of just the technical side of things, he can turn into a really good right guard for the Broncos a plus players. Yeah. And you know, Garrett Bowles will be back. He'll be a good, he'll be a plus player for you. I mean, uh,
2: even if it's Ma- uh, Massey plus Anderson at right tackle, you know, that's not, that's going bargain bin, so to speak. But, uh, Massey's already settled down in Denver. Like he, I think you could probably get him for a pretty good contract. Cause I don't think he wants to uproot everything there in and Anderson. Yeah. Also you get a shot there. So uh, maybe it's not plus players, but per dollar, it's not a bad way to go. Right. So I, so I, I, I
1: think, think there's, there's a few a reason, things. Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's a few things that attract a veteran to come to Denver. I think the division is actually probably the one detractor.
2: Yep. It, I agree.
1: It, it, <laughs> but it might've been the, the biggest attractor to Peyton Manning might be the biggest attractor. To, to Wilson and, and Rogers.
2: Yeah, I agree with you completely. And I think also somebody said the reason Peyton came to Denver was Elway. Um, I think that this team and what you've seen here is that if you bring in a quarterback, they are going to go out there and give you what you want and what you need. You you say, like, let's say Aaron Rodgers comes in and he says, I need a little bit more of a, a scat back type back there in the past game, because I don't trust Javante Williams in the past game. Okay. Which one do you want? Aaron Russell, point to them or we need to run more you know uh samurai concepts okay that's fine it's your offense i'm just the offensive coordinator here just kind of meld things and work it together but it's your offense mr wilson um so i I agree with you completely and i think Denver has a good record as far as letting those guys have a lot of creative control right so i think that's important um but guys we've ran a little bit long today just because we're having fun talking college football the draft it is the uh it is, of course, the bye week for the Broncos, so have a little time to take the temperature of the room. Um, hopefully, everybody's doing pretty well. You guys can follow Carl and myself on Twitter. Carl's at Carl Dummler MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at MHI underscore pod and at BTB football pod um, for the building of the Broncos. Um, you guys can also follow us at Mile High Huddle over on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile huddle pod. Any of the conversation here, give us your top five, you know, hit us up on Twitter, hit us, hit us up on Facebook. Uh, Let us know your top five of the 2022 quarterbacks. If you guys are on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share if you have not done so already. Um, Got Clayton coming in saying great show guys smash that like button. Yeah. You guys, we got, we got 34 and angry act from Jim Pilcher. Jim. I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm sorry that Carson strong was my quarterback six. I just don't trust the knee man. Um, But uh, you know, hit the like on the way out. We appreciate you guys. Carl, what's the rest of your night look like?
1: I got a couple things to get ready for uh, church tomorrow and otherwise go to bed and uh, maybe take a a few Advil ice up my back because bending over, putting tiles down, man, I, like I said, it's a young man's game and I'm not anymore a a young man anymore.
2: Carl, you're young at heart. That's okay. (laughs) Um, We appreciate you guys. Everyone stay safe. Be kind. Uh, Let's, Cheer against the AFC West this week. I don't even know what games are tomorrow. I'm just you know going at it holistically and uh, hoping that the teams the Broncos have played or will play lose for strength of schedule reasons for the draft. But also uh, teams that are in their way uh, as far as the playoff path lose as well. So uh, I don't know. Long way to go this season. Broncos five and five. They're still right in the thick of things. We can talk draft and we can talk playoffs as well. It's a lot of fun. Everything's on the menu. But everyone, stay safe. Have a good night. Go Broncos.